Well, the title for this message, we want to go over it and look at it carefully. Glory to God. It's called, Let's Talk About Sex. <laughs> A discussion. Let's talk about sex. Amen. 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 Well, let me just give a little bit of review because this is going to be a foundation, I think, for a two-part message for this week and next week. Uh, but what we've been doing is going through a series, and this series is called Sex, Colon, Christ Rated. Sex, Christ Rated. In the first message, what we discussed was being intimate with God, how important it is. We discussed that from this perspective. We went from the, the, the ground up and we said, Jesus did his finished work on Calvary. He, he completed what he came here, what his purpose was for coming that first time. He completed it. Uh, and then it became our responsibility to, to accept and receive what Jesus did. So I went through basically the four spiritual laws with you, uh, which is God loves us and has a wonderful plan for our lives. Uh, the second thing is, but we are sinners. All have sinned. The Romans Road, in fact, the, uh, the program that you have today has on it the Romans Road. We've had this on the program for it since, since the beginning of January. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And then it, the third part, part in that, the four spiritual laws is that... <clears throat> uh, Jesus is the, is, the, is the way to back to God. Jesus is the way to be redeemed. He is the Savior. He is the one who came and died and rose again for our sins. All right, therefore, it's through him that we have to come. And the fourth point is it's not just enough to know those three other facts, that God loves us and has plans for our life, that we are sinners, and need to be redeemed, that Jesus came to redeem us. The other part of that, the fourth step, is that we have to do something about it. For as many as receive him, to them he gives the power to become the sons of God. Uh, Romans 10, 9, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we are saved. All right, so therefore, once we've done that, and we who are here have done that, so we've accepted Jesus' finished work on Calvary. We've asked his forgiveness for our sins. And now we rise to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. Once we have done that, we are redeemed. We are saved. You know, glory to God. And we're on our way to heaven. Amen. We have eternal life. That's our that's the foundation. Now it's important for us to grow up in the knowledge of the truth of God's word. It's important for us to know how do we... What, what are we supposed to do in reference to this God now that we have accepted? All right, in, in uh, Colossians chapter 1, um, we, we're going to turn there in a minute. But in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says that we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated over into the kingdom of God's dear Son. All right, so now that we're in this new kingdom, in this new covenant that we're in, established on better promises in Christ Jesus, how do we live this thing? And so the very first scripture that uh, the Lord had us go to was Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, where it talks about that God created everything, created all things, and for his pleasure, they are and they were created. You see that? All right, so we were created for God's pleasure. So then we had to look at, well, how do we please God? If we were created to give God pleasure, how do we please him? And so that's what the Holy Spirit took me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse, uh, from 1 through verse 6, in reference to it is, in, and verse 6 says, it's impossible to please God without faith. You know, because we must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then I kept on cruising down. I was reading it from the New King James, the King James Version, the Amplified and the, and the Message Bible. When I got over to the Message Bible, I kept on down, and then it talked about Noah. And it talked about the fact that Noah pleased God. Uh, and it talked about how he pleased God. And then at the end of that section, it says, and Noah uh, was intimate with God. 
So that let me know that God really wanted me to talk about intimacy with God. So that's what we did that particular Sunday. Then the second message was, in, was last week, which was uh, do it God's way. So we looked at Noah. And, <clears throat> and I looked at it from the Message Bible because I like the way the Message Bible actually <laughs> described this whole thing with Noah. So I really enjoyed reading it. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> it said over here, in the Message Bible, by faith Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. The result, that was the question. The result, or what was the result? His family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. So we looked last week at how was how was this intimacy developed? All right, because and then we went back to, to through this through this section here, we went back to Genesis and we looked at how God got fed up with his creation. And he decided he was going to destroy it. And Noah found grace in God's sight, it says in the scripture. So that's, so that's in Genesis, um, what, chapters 6 through 9, about there. Uh, Noah found grace in God's sight. And so what we see Noah doing is God told him to do something. It did not seem reasonable. It made no sense. They never heard of a flood. The, 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 a mist came up from the earth and watered the earth. There was never any rain that came down from heaven to do anything. You know what I'm saying? So in the natural, this seemed unrealistic. But yet God had said so. And he said he was going to do something. He's going to destroy this, 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 uh, these people that he has made. And he told him to build a, a, uh, a boat. Uh, the Message Bible calls it a ship. And when he built this ship, I, would, I was doing some research on this and how a, a man, uh, I don't remember the man's name now, but how when he built this ship, uh, it, it, it had enough wood, it had enough pitch, it had enough, uh, the, enough uh, space inside, it, had, it, could, it, could, it could weather a flood. It could weather a flood. There were no windows in the side. There was only one window at the top. And it could weather a flood. You know, and then and the reason I was reading up on it because the man was saying that he that this other person actually built a replica of what God said described it in, in the book of Genesis. And he was able to build it exactly like it was. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Well, we knew it would work because God is, you know, God. And if Noah was following his direction, we knew it would work. But, you know, scientists, they want to prove it. So that's fine with us because the Bible can be proved. You know, you know what I'm saying? It stands true. All right, God and science work together. True science. God and true science work together. No problem. No problem at all. All right, so, <clears throat> so, he, so here he is building this ship. And remember I told you he, he was doing this 120 years he preached to them. 120 years. And he is preaching to them and building a ship on dry land. Didn't make any sense. But what am I talking about? He was getting intimate with God. He was doing what God said to do. He was doing it God's way. God gave him directions and he did what God told him to do. All right, so that brings us to what we're dealing with in reference to sex. You know, that, that, that we're to do what God says to do. When I was reading over in the Message Bible, and it said, you know, I've never seen this before because I've never read this passage of scripture from the Message Bible. I've never, my reading through the Bible has been with the King, with the King James Version, the New King James Version. That's how I read through the Bible these different years that we read through it. So I've never read it through uh, in the Message Bible. But here in, um, in Hebrews, where it says this in the Message Bible, it says... His, his, talking about Noah, Noah's act of faith drew a sharp 
line between the evil, listen to this, of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. That will always happen. Noah's faith, his act of faith, drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. You have to understand there are two worlds that we're dealing with. There are two worlds. Look at Colossians, please, chapter 1, verse 13. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says something that is very important. It says that we were delivered from the power of darkness, and then we were translated over into something. What, what were we translated into? The kingdom of his dear son. Right. All right, so that tells me that there's a kingdom that is not of his dear son. There's another kingdom. Okay, and it says we were delivered out of the kingdom of what? Darkness, right? We were delivered out of the kingdom of Satan, who is the god of this world. That's the evil kingdom. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. All right. The evil kingdom, according to John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right. So the kingdom of the devil is real, but it's full of unbelief. It's full of, of it, it, it will kill, it will steal, and it will destroy. There is darkness and there is light. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we're dealing with two kingdoms uh, in this realm where we are. We're dealing with two kingdoms. There's a God of this world who is the devil and there's Almighty God. All right? And the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus, who is God manifested in the flesh. We're dealing with two kingdoms. So when it says over in the Message Bible that his act of faith made a clear distinction between the, the unbelieving world and the believing world. The unbelieving world is that of the devil. The believing world is that of God. Does this make sense to you all? All right. All right. I'll have to start here because of where we're going in reference to sex. All right, because we have to understand that there are still two kingdoms at work. The unbelieving world and the believing world. Unbelievers, meaning they do not believe in Jesus. They do not believe in God. They do not believe the standards that God gives as his, as his word decrees. And the believing world does. They have accepted Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, Jesus says he's the way. Jesus says he's the truth. Jesus says he's the life, according to John chapter 14, verse 6. Isn't that correct? Yes. All right, look at John chapter 14, verse 17. Keep your, keep your hand there in Colossians, because we're going to go back to it, because I want to read it to you uh, a little later out of the Amplified Bible. <clears throat> but John chapter 14, verse 17 in the... In the New King James Version. John chapter 14, verse 17. In John chapter 14, verse 17. It says, The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, for you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So Jesus is saying that he's the way, he's the truth, and the life. In this particular scripture, he's saying to his disciples that he's going to send them the spirit of truth. Who's not going to just dwell up, uh, you know, outside of you. He's going to be in you. And he's going to direct you from the inside to know the truth. Alright, because, why would Jesus do that? Because there is error in the world. 
And you need to know the truth. And you need to know, be, uh, the word of God will give you the truth, but the Holy Spirit will reveal that truth to you. And let you know that that truth is so. You know, the Spirit of God will keep telling you what is right and what's wrong. Because there is a right and wrong. And God says what's right, and the devil says what's wrong. Does that make sense? The, the very first example that we have of seeing the devil in the scriptures in Genesis, where he went and deceived Eve. You know, and, and the thing that he deceived her with was, did God really say? Did God really say that? You know? Did God really say? You know, so and so he, what is he still doing? He's still deceiving the world. Did God really say this in reference to sex? Did God really say that? Do we have to go that way? You see, you see what I'm saying? So there's a God of this world, unbelieving, and, and, and those in that kingdom are unbelievers. There's a God uh, who is the son of the living God. Uh, that's his kingdom. All right, and that is truth, and that is right, and that is, that is correct. Okay, do we understand that? All right, because we have to have that as a, as a foundation in reference to this. I want to read to you John chapter 17, um, beginning at verse 17. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, he's talking to the Father. This is his high priestly prayer. And he says something in, uh, I'm going to start from verse 15. In John chapter 17, beginning at verse 15 in the Amplified Version, it says, I do not ask that you will take them out of the world, but that you will keep and protect them from the evil one. So there is an evil one in the world. Do we understand that? Verse 16, they are not talking about his own, those who, those who are his disciples, those who are followers of Christ. They are not of the world. They are not worldly, belonging to the world. Just as I am not of the world. Then verse 17 in the Amplified says, Sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself. Make them holy by truth. So if there's truth, there's also a lie. Okay. Did you understand what we're saying? If there is truth, there is also that which is not true. And then he says, your word is truth. Sanctify them through your word. And then he says, your word is truth. So here we know, God's word is what is truth. Now, are there facts out here in the world? Yes, there are facts. Yes, there are facts. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But there is truth. And the word is truth. Do we understand that? All right, I'm just laying a foundation here. I want us to look at Ephesians, please. Ephesians <clears throat> chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I want us to see some things that it says here that I think are important for us as we're laying this particular foundation in reference to this particular subject. And we'll understand it better by and by. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through, let's, let's go through, um, through 16. All right, let's read it together. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth 
of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and we are pastors and teachers, we are, we are called by God to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's all of you. To equip the saints for the edifying of the body of Christ, to build the body of Christ up, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature Man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, grow up into Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro. The word of God will cause us to know truth. Does that make sense? So as we look at sex, we've got to understand it from what God's word says in reference to it. Does that make sense to you all? Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> as we look at that, I was praying and talking to the Lord in reference to this whole matter and how we were going to discuss this today. And one of the things that he said to me, I just want to read it to you. <clears throat> he said to me, and I may share this again uh, in the middle of the message. It says, sex is the closest act in the flesh. Now I want you to listen to this carefully. Sex is the closest act in the flesh that we have to what worship is in the spirit. Sex is holy before God. In the flesh, it is the act that identifies the oneness that a husband and wife are supposed to have in marriage, exemplifying Christ Jesus and his church and the covenant that is established between God and human beings, God and a husband and a wife. Does that bear witness with you? Sex is the closest act in the flesh that we have to what worship is in the spirit. Sex is holy before God. So we're going to look at some things in reference to that, but I wanted it to be um, <clears throat> a discussion. This is the way the Lord led me in reference to this. But I do want to look at how this relates because God just gave this to me, but then I had to look up scripture to make sure that what I was hearing from God, that it was from God, and that if he could whatever he says to us in our hearts, he, we, he can, we can confirm it with his word. So look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, let's, let's read it together. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? Are you, are you there? Am I not there? I'm not in the right one. 1 Corinthians, not 2 Corinthians. That's where I was. <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. <clears throat> you ready? Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. For two become one flesh. Do you see that? Yes. Two become one flesh. And then if you go over to the scripture uh, where it actually says that in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, that's where, it's, that's where it is first mentioned in, in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24... It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Verse 25, And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Do you see that? Alright, so what we see is that God established something between the man and the wife. And they, when they accept, you know, when they are uh, doing this according to God's way, that they 
come together because God told them to come together, God brought them together, then they are one flesh. And they're in covenant with Almighty God. Let's go back and look, look at some other scriptures because I think it's important for us to, to see this. Um, and, and maybe what I'll do is we will look at some other scriptures. Well, let's look at these scriptures first. In Genesis chapter 2, in chapter 1, it says, verse 1, In the beginning God created, we know that's Elohim, that's the plurality and oneness, that's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, created the heavens and the earth. All right, and then in verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God did what? Then God did what? He blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Then he gives them dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. But God told them, when he, the, the husband and the wife, to be fruitful and do what? Multiply. multiply. All right, so he was telling them to be fruitful and multiply, the only way they could do that is if they have sexual intercourse. Do we see that? Mm -hmm. All right. So God was the one who orchestrated, God was the one who created sex. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So I want you all to talk to me a little bit because I, I, I have some other scriptures and I'm going to go through those as we go through this series. But it's, this is supposed to be a, dis, uh, a discussion. So let's talk about sex. All right. I want us to feel comfortable with it. That's one of the reasons I read to us in Ephesians chapter 4, because the world talks about sex all the time. It, all, all, all the time it talks about sex. Uh, uh, in school, you, you, you learn about sex from the world's perspective. All right. Uh, I looked up on the web last night. I just wanted to find out what is sex. And so, uh, so I, so when I, when I pulled that up, uh, it took me to certain uh, uh, websites, and they were giving the facts. Now listen to what I'm saying. They were giving the facts in reference to sex. The facts coming from what they have seen people do, how people, what people have done mm -hmm. in reference to sex. All right, so they discussed it from, you know, they, talk, they talked about sexual intercourse, they talked about anal sex, they talked about masturbation, they talked about, they, they talked about oral sex, you know. So they, they, they were talking about all these things and giving the facts and even sharing in one of the, uh, one of the uh, <clears throat> websites that I went to, they gave the definition of the, Web, the Webster's definition of sex and then they said that they were in agreement with that definition because both the Webster Dictionary and they were experts. <laughs> all right. And, and all the way through their article, now this article was aimed at teens. The, the articles were aimed at teens. So all the way through the, through the article, they were giving the facts and they were also saying that they were experts. Very important. Because if they're experts, you would think that they know exactly what they're talking about. And they can be trusted, just like the Webster's Dictionary can be trusted. Do you see the comparison that was made? And that was made from the beginning of the article. And it was a long, huge article. You know, dealt with all kinds of things. You know, even how to, if, if your parents catch, catch you masturbating. What do you tell your parents? So they, as experts, are now giving you the advice to show you how to discuss this with your parents. You see what I'm saying? So they're giving you facts, but is it necessarily truth? No. Yeah, does this make sense? Yeah. All right, so just for a few minutes here, I'd just like to know from what you, from your perspective, just different things that you have learned, that you know, that you've learned, that you've seen. You know what I'm saying? 
as a part of this whole uh, concept of sex. So it's a, it's a discussion. All right. So so I would like for us to discuss it. Talk to me. What is sex? Well, the world views sex as between. I'm gonna have to ask you to come up here. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry for me to the the world views sex between everybody, <clears throat> and that's what you see on TV and what everybody else talks about in the news and everything else. And that's how they repeat that that's how they see sex. They never put sex towards a male and a female in the context of marriage. They don't talk about that on TV. Unless you have the uh, Christian stations that do talk about it that way. Okay. You know? And that's that and that's what you see out you know, hear mm -hmm. and see out there. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say something. No, I'm holding the mic, so if somebody else wants to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh. <coughs> you. See, the world don't know that the Bible is the book of truth and absolute. It is final. So, Lord warned us in front to say, all is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. So, people ain't trying to look at the Bible as true. They look at it as another way to get to God. <laughs> <laughs> but what is sex? Well, the sex is <clears throat> well. See, the reason the world get confused because they get it mixed up with love, and they call it making love. And whether it's male or female, or male and male, or female and female. It don't make any difference they call it love. <coughs> but love is God. He is not of love, he is love. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a line draw between that world type physical stuff and who you with. So people say, well, it can't be wrong. And I love, you know, <laughs> well, love is God. Love is pure. So that's why I guess people keep saying that a lot of the preachers in the triangle area, I saw a paper with old spread out, rubbing doctors and all that, and they were saying, we're going to stand with the people that one man, one woman issue. I mean, if you're God, people. You're going to stand with the people. Who people are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if God gets what you're doing, uh, they don't find out that he got a remedy to get you from where you are to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So I question a lot of these preachers, you know, that don't know that it's an unclean spirit if you're going with the same sex. You know, so I heard a report the other week in Raleigh that most of the young women, about 60 or 70 percent of them was, you know, sort of going both back and forth between the sexes. You know. And then the government sanctioned it. You know, and now they got in them books that same sex can get benefits just like a man and a woman. And God said, "Right, this is all for nations, stands of reproach to any people." Mm -hmm. 
So, and that, well, God is life, the Lord is life, and the devil, he's death. So the one that's in life can see, but the one that's in death, they can't see. Mm -hmm. It's a thin line, you know, between right and wrong. Uh, okay. So this, this kingdom of the world, <coughs> We the one that I guess look, <coughs> look sort of off court, you know, mm -hmm. walking the line, you know, and, and they feel like they can get the both of best of both worlds and be all, all right. right. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. What What is sexual? It's a it's a intimate. Intimacy between a man and his wife. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And then when you pervert it, it becomes between man and anything, beast, bestiality, or whatever. Okay. So sex is to you saying it's between intimacy between a man and his wife. Okay. Yes. What I see, fact. For me now, not truth, but fact. fact. Mm -hmm. What I see is that it is um, instant gratification, physical gratification or instant satisfaction, mm -hmm. whether it's now between a woman and a woman or a woman and a man. Um, I see it now as being portrayed as um, <coughs> physical satisfaction without any consequences. That's what I see it to be now. Okay. I see it as being acceptable. Yes. yes. I see it as being um, portrayed in the media. It's everywhere on the internet, on the videos, mm -hmm. the ears. You spoke about the other kingdom. It seems like the kingdom of darkness is bombarding mm -hmm. our eye gates. Our mm -hmm. ear gates mm -hmm. everywhere we turn around. Mm -hmm. I was in an open forum with teenagers in a Christian setting where they could speak freely. Yes. And these girls openly, and I appreciated it, they confessed that they were kissing other girls, tongue kissing other girls mm -hmm. to practice. Mm -hmm. But this is the world mm -hmm. that we live in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it's a very important point that we understand this is the world that we're living in. And understand from the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that we're in this world but not of it. That we're of another kingdom. All right, but this kingdom, sex is, uh, anyone else still want to share? Anyone, yeah, anyone else? In school, what it's, it's all right. What are they teaching in school? Well, yeah, I just think, I just think that the world just thinks there's nothing, you know. It's, they think carelessly of it, you know, because uh, they just they don't think it's important or anything. Any anyone can do it. So it's supposed to just be between a man and a woman. That's mm -hmm. not just flat out, you know, his hands or butt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a, uh, I, th I, th I think it's, it's interesting because, like you're saying, you've got to consider the facts, and that's been shared. Mm -hmm. And the facts are of such a nature that it is. Anything goes. As long, if anything is acceptable. If it's, like you said, if it satisfies you, it's okay. Mm -hmm. But again, they have no concept that the media and all of that is presenting the facts of what the people are doing. Mm -hmm. And the people are doing what the ruler, R-U-L-E, small ruler, the prince of this world, mm -hmm. he is planting in their minds to do. So therefore, there are no holes barred mm -hmm. because the prince of this world is influencing the people to do whatever. Mm 
And that's why it's so important that truth that Jesus came to testify of and the word of God is truth is put out there because truth is the only light that can shine in the darkness. Whether or not the people come to that light or not, but the light will shine. And at some point, that person may come to themselves and realize this isn't working. But at least I see an option that the light is shining. Because if not, then, like you've said, it will go, it has no limit. It will bring complete destruction. And that's that's it, because I know you're going on. And so... This, this is fine. Yeah. I, I, think, um, I think what has been said and what Ferber shared uh, 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 is, is so important to understand. And, and um, Lisa, also, just in reference to the work, sexual intercourse between a male and a female is what God established as right. Sexual intercourse between a male and a female is what God established as right. How do we know he established that as right? Because in the beginning of the book, in Genesis, all right, when, when he made these, he made animals, and he made male, and he made female. female. All the animals he made male and he made female. But no, I think we need to categorize that because, okay. I think we need to categorize that because sex is not just between male and female in the sense of just any male and any female. Mm -hmm. Because, right, if you, don't, if you don't zero in on that, then all of the Old Testament where it talks about man should not lay down with his sister, man should not lay down with his mother, his daughter, his father's wife, and all of this other stuff. He goes through, that is, through the scriptures, a whole laundry list of things that would say that all the variations of man with woman are not acceptable. That's correct. They're an abomination. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason why I'm saying we cannot just say the sex between a man and a woman, but between a man and his, and his wife is so important, to put it that way. All right, so what I was saying was, when God made all of these animals and things, he made a male and female, mm -hmm. all right, so that they could reproduce. When God made man, all right, and, and he made Adam, <clears throat> and he said at a point that it is not good for man to be alone. All right, we can go straight through the scriptures in reference to this. All right, and then after he made that statement, he calls on Adam to begin to name the animals. And as he names the animals, it comes to the point that there is not a mate for Adam. And then God put Adam to sleep, took a rib from him, and then he made a woman. And he brought her to him. All right. And they became man and wife. And the scripture that I read to you earlier was in reference to the fact that it says, a, a, a man shall leave his mother and father and cling to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. The husband and the wife. All right, and the way God did it is the husband and the wife that God brought together. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then after he made the husband and then the wife, brought her to him, he then said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You see, so he is the author. God is the author of sex, not the world. Remember, the devil only imitates. He cannot create. Mm -mm. All right. So he imitates. And also he twists. You know. So God established that a man, one man to one wife, that he would bring together 
in a covenant relationship between him and them to be as one, and they are to, to replenish, to multiply, replenish the earth, or increase the earth. All right, and that was the plan of God from the beginning. After the flood, remember we looked at Noah last week, and after the flood, when God, when he finally, the water uh, left the earth, you know, and then he had Noah to come out with his family and his his uh, his uh, his uh, wife and the, and the and the children. <clears throat> they weren't children; they were grown up, you know. But they were still his children and his in laws, so to speak. Uh, the the what the, the daughters and the and the sons, you know, the daughters and their husbands. Then he told them the same God told them the same thing that he told Adam. And even the beginning, you know, multiply, be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. All right, and so that was the plan of God, and that never has changed. That never has changed. All right, so, so what, what, what the enemy does, what the devil does in his kingdom, is he perverts truth. Does that make sense? He perverts truth. And so, uh, so some of the things that we have today are a perversion of truth, because the devil is a liar from the beginning. All right, but God is the one who brought truth, and so what we see is that sex was created by God. The first purpose of it was it was created for procreation, so that He could replenish the earth, multiple, fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So when after the flood, those eight people, be fruitful, multiply. He blessed them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. All right. <clears throat> so we see that it is through sexual intercourse between husband and wife that the earth was to be replenished. Mm -hmm. All right. And so it, we also see that it's through husband and wife relationship or between a male and a female is the only way that you can reproduce a child. Now, what the devil doesn't mind is that you do it outside of marriage. But in, but in God, the creator of the whole thing, he, was, he said that it should be done in marriage. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because that's his perfect way. Because remember, whenever God says something, it is for the best. All right, the best all around. The best for us physically, the best for us mentally, the best for us socially, the be best for us in every way. That's the best. Now, will God... Will God being gracious as he is, uh, he will clean up our messes that we make. You know what I'm saying? If we go another way, if we sin, if we do it another way, we ask his forgiveness and we run back to him. When, you know, when we made the mistakes or, made, or, or sinned it before him, he will, he will forgive because he's God. He's merciful and he loves us. So he's always going to bring us back. If we'll come back, he wants us back. And so he'll get us back into a relationship with him and start us on this road again. And being virtuous, you can't return to your virginity, but you can be virtuous. You know, and God will still continue to bless and God will st still continue to lead. Does that make sense? Yes. <clears throat> so, but it is a repentance that needs to occur because it is sin before him to do anything else other than his way. Make sense to us? Yes. All right. So as we look at this, we have to look at it through this, this perspective, that, the, that, the, that sex is supposed to be uh, sexual intercourse between a husband and his wife that's supposed to be given to each other by God. God gave them to each other. Mm -hmm. And they go into a covenant relationship. In, Matthew, in Malachi chapter 3, the last, the last book in the Old Testament, God is really fussing at this man because he's acting like a treacherous lover in this particular book. And he talks to God. God talks to him in reference to this. Uh, let me go to it. In Malachi chapter... know that I'm coming back coming back next week with this same topic and instead of it being a discussion I'm going to actually just teach it just like I did the last two parts of this series but I wanted us to just talk today in reference to it because 
the church doesn't say much about sex. And the world is talking about it in all kinds of ways. They're selling a car. They put a, half, they put a woman on the car, around the car, her legs across or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, and so she's doing something sexual to allure. They're selling a hamburger. They have a woman in a bathing suit with hamburgers all over the bathing suit. Do you, know, do you, you see what I'm saying? What are they doing? Are they just selling a hamburger? No, they're selling sex. Does, does that make sense to what, we, what we're saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, <clears throat> so the world gives us a perspective all the time. What are they teaching the children in school? They're teaching the children how to, you know, how to, how to use the, the sexual things that they need to be able to use if they want to have sex anyway. So they'll share with them about the condoms. They also share with them if they want to have oral sex. You can also use, uh, you know, the, the, these instruments. These, you know, if you want to have want want to masturbate, you can. They tell them what kind of uh, lotion to put, uh, cream or, uh, yeah, cream to use if they want to have anal sex. You know, they they make it all the same, all palatable, all palatable. All right, so, and so they're teaching all the time. They teach this to the children in the schools. This is not something that, they teach them about uh, two daddies. They teach them about two mamas. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It looks like a bill against the law to teach. But it is not against the law. Well, they, that's a religion. But they, it's not against the law, and they have made it something that it, that it is very palatable. You just go from man to woman. To man to man, to woman to woman, it's fine. If it feels good, do yeah, it's it's fine. <clears throat> so, so and it's in the schools like that. So they're talking about it all the time. Why would the church be quiet about this when we have the truth? Does this make sense? You know, we need to be teaching this because this is the truth. There is a reason if God says for us, and we'll, we'll, we'll put this, all of this will be on uh, CD next week in reference to uh, this whole thing, still from this, let's talk about sex. Well, if God says to us <clears throat> that, that we are not to have sex before marriage, then we've got to understand the, that God is God, our creator, and he always has the best for us, and he wants the best. So, it did, so we have to be, because we are part of God's kingdom now, we start doing things the way his kingdom dictates that we do them. And there are reasons for us. Look at what has occurred as of all of the sex outside of marriage. You have all these STDs. You have HIV. You have broken marriages. You have all kinds of stuff as a result of what people have done that they felt was all right to do. Does that make sense? But it wasn't God's way. It wasn't God's way. So as a result, you have all these things happening as a result of that. All right. And so even with Christians who, who, who you know, they, they go into marriage you know, and they're not necessarily, some, some are not studying the scriptures. They don't know how to be led by the Spirit of God in reference to things. They have not put some of their past behind them. And so they take all this stuff and all this junk into their marriages, even though they have God mm -hmm. in their lives. Mm -hmm. but, they, but that doesn't mean that he is the center of their lives. That doesn't mean that the Word of God is, is, is preeminent in their lives. That doesn't mean they're going to live for Jesus. They got married in the church because so, it was just seemed right to do. But that doesn't mean they're going to live for Christ. Then you have situations where, where the husband is a Christian, the wife is not a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Didn't know that before because they weren't necessarily living that way before. As, you know, but now the, the, the husband is trying to live for Christ and go on with God, and the wife doesn't want any part of that. And you had vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So you have these un... Uh, you have these unequally yoked marriages. When God did not intend it that way, but because people did not follow the scriptures, the truth, the way of God, they come into these situations. Now, the thing about it is, thank God for his mercy and his grace, because what does he do? He, he works with you. You know, Lord, I didn't know. I did it wrong. Please forgive me. Now what do I do? 
You see, and then you just let God begin to lead you from that perspective. But was it the way that God wanted you to go in the first place? No, not necessarily. Hurting? Your back is hurting? Okay. Jesus, go do what you need to do. I was just standing up. Okay, okay. <clears throat> but you, you, so from that perspective, now you go back to God, repent, go back to God, and Lord, let me help you to do it right now. Show me how to make this work. Show me how to do this right now, because I can't go back and, and undo the scrambled eggs. They already scrambled. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I can't go back and put it in the shell. It won't just won't go. So now what do I do, Lord? So what do you do? You go to your Lord and let him direct you from this point. Will it necessarily be easy? Not necessarily. But will it be God directing and it be all right? Yes, it will be right. You see what I'm saying? So, so uh, he gives us second chances. Does that make sense? Thank God for the second chances. I'm going to stop because I, I really... Uh, but anything else you want to say, because it's supposed to be a discussion, all right? This is from a different perspective. I'll, I'll be preaching and teaching it next week, just like I did these other two messages. But for this week, it's supposed to be a discussion. Yes? I want you to elaborate. You made the statement that you can't be a virgin again, mm-hmm. but you can be a virtuous woman. Yes. And that was so profound. Uh-huh. Can you elaborate on what it means to be a virtuous woman? Yes, you... Well, you can go back over to Proverbs in reference to the virtuous woman, but also what, I'm, what I am saying is, <clears throat> say a person has, has uh, a, well, you, you understand that, a person gave up their virginity when they were single. Or even, they, they may be still single, but they gave their virginity up. Then they came into a, a, a fuller knowledge of Christ. And they, they saw in the scriptures, now Lord, and they see this in the scriptures, and they say, now Lord, I want to get this right in my life. All right, so from this point, please forgive me for sinning against you and having sexual intercourse outside of marriage when you didn't tell me to do that. Forgive me for that. Now, Lord, I want to live virtuously. You know, I, I can't go back and restore my virginity, but I want to be a virtuous woman. That means I want to do life your way from this point point on. I want to live according to your word from this point on. I want to obey the leadings of your spirit from this point on. You know, I want to look in your word and and I want to, when you do give me a husband or give me a wife, depending on what sex you are, I want to do this according to your word at this point. You see, I want to do it now right. You know, so you, what have you done? You've asked forgiveness, you're cleansed. Does that make sense? Thank God. All right, but so now you act like you're a virgin, even though in the natural you've lost that virginity, but you, now you act like a virgin before God because you are before God. You are now virtuous again because now you're doing it God's way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, Apostle Paul was talking about um, you know, he wished all men that he would, but he knew they want the will of God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for men not to marry. Yeah. And, and the way he put it was whether you be married or unmarried, in the Lord, though you model straight in the flesh, mm-hmm. if you get married, you are still a virgin. Just as he. You already there, right? That in other if you words, get married. Then when you, if you're married, mm-hmm. you just like a virgin, you're clean. Because marriage is armed and the bed is under fire. So y'all, whether you be married or not married, he was saying, though he was human, mm-hmm. you were just as him. Okay. Because I, I, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Right. Yeah, so, you you so, may so, want to go back, Paul, and read that section when you said what Paul said. Paul said that he wished that all men were like himself, which meant that he was not married. That he and never he was, did get married. He was, he was, he won't have been no, he wasn't having no. He, he was, was a, 
he was a virgin. And he said that there are some men, uh, well, Jesus, in fact, says this when he's asked the question in reference to this whole subject. And Jesus goes back and quotes Genesis chapter 2, the same scripture I read in verse 24, just in reference to the fact that when a man and woman come together, they are as one, they are one flesh. Yeah. All right. But he said, uh, he, because uh, as you go on in that passage, you see where Jesus says some are, some are eunuchs, some are made eunuchs. You know, Paul had made a decision. Look at his life. Paul was too busy as a, as a, as a missionary, as going, going, going forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He couldn't have had a wife. You know, when you look at it, it takes time to have a wife. You know, and, and Paul, Paul shares that in, in, yeah. in Corinthians. It takes time for you to have a wife because you've got to spend time with that woman. She's got to spend time with, that, with her husband. That's just a part of it. Paul was totally given over to getting the gospel out. So, so it was just the gospel, just getting, you know, Jesus to the world that he was called to. That was his purpose. Yeah. Jesus didn't have time for a wife. You know, he was 30. He started his ministry at 30. You know, to thirty-three when he was crucified, he didn't have time for a wife in there. He was, he was, he was. His purpose was straight. It was like he was. His face was set like flint. He had to accomplish the purpose. All right, so he didn't have time for a wife. You see what I'm saying? All right, but there, there are some people who are not called to be married, but then there are others who are called to be married. Just like Adam was called to be married, God said it's not good for him to be alone. So he, he made a woman for him, brought her to him, you know what I'm saying, so that he could be married. All right, so, so you have some who are called by God to be single. You have some who are called by God to be married. You have some who are, called, who are not called by God necessarily, but they don't desire anymore to be married. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 uh, and, and so they go on and live their lives for Jesus the rest of their lives, and they're content just as they are, and they don't want to be married. And that is a fine thing, you know, unless God changes that and tells them he wants them to be married, then they got to be in the will of God. He'll bring the person to them and they'll know it. You know, you know what I'm saying? I remember one story of uh, Rev. Ev. I remember she was sharing her story and you know, how she was just preaching the gospel. She was just satisfied and so forth. And the Lord said, what do you want? She says, Lord, I don't want anything. I'm just fine. You know, da, da, da. and he asked her that a few times. She says, well, Lord, what do you want me to want? You know, it was like, okay, you keep asking me this, so it must be something I should be wanting. And he and he talked to her about having a husband. But she didn't she didn't know she wanted a husband, you know, but he told her that she wanted a husband. And so he ushered her husband into her life. You know what I'm saying? So so it is still the whole thing is remember our first and second message about the intimacy with Christ. It is so important for us to do what God tells us to do. Be intimate with Christ. Develop that relationship so that you hear the voice of God, that you're doing the will of God. You're doing it His way. You know, and then let God continue to direct you. God continue to move you forward. God continue to show you. And He'll show you. He'll usher into your life. I gave our example. He'll usher into your life and in His fullness of time the person that is for you. But your main thing is to keep following Christ. Keep Jesus as the center of your life. Keep the word of God preeminent in your life so that you make sure that you stay on track. The word of God, the scripture says, is the plumb line, the book of Amos says, is the plumb line. So that plumb line will keep you on track in everything. You know, even in the things that are not necessarily mentioned here, like which, which college to go to. It may not tell you which college, but what you're doing. You be, you're asking Jesus to be Lord, show you the way. What should I do, Lord? You know what I'm saying? And what is he doing? He's directing. He's moving you. He's moving you in this direction. And you see the movings of the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? Now, does he say in this scripture, this is the school you should go to for the whatever? In the name no. Of you, you know, in the name of it. No, he doesn't do that in the scripture. But you have the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the peace of God that goes along with that will guide you. You see, and he'll just lead you and you just know the leadings of the Lord. You see, does that make sense? Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop it. Okay, go on. Uh, one have, yes. Was it attending a funeral in a memorial in Maryland a few months ago? And there was a lady there that was her brother-in-law. But the lady herself, her husband has been in a nursing home. Young woman, probably mm -hmm. about my age. Mm -hmm. so, been in a nursing home. 
for a while, like five years. And his the the her brother in law used to go visit his brother in the nursing home. Mm. He said, Man, you better hurry up and get better because your wife is wasted. <laughs> <laughs> It's a friend, but that's his, that's his own brother. But he's the man that was telling him, the man that was saying that the brother is dead now. Mm -hmm. It was his memorial service, mm -hmm. and so she stood up there and she said that she was trying to give memorable things about mm -hmm. him, her mm -hmm. brother-in-law, mm -hmm. talking to her and stuff like that. And he would look at his brother and say, "You better look at your young wife. You better hurry up. If anything, <laughs> he's leaving your wife. Your wife is there." And you in this nursing room talking about you can't get up. You better get up. <laughs> she said, she answered him. She said, as long I am not wasting away. Yes. She said, because I have my eyes on the cross. Mm. That's what she said. Yes, and I yes. thought that was so beautiful. That is so and she is young. And mm -hmm. I mean, she's a mm -hmm. woman that would need. You mm -hmm. know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. But she said she's not. And she goes to that nursing home mm -hmm. religiously mm -hmm. and take care of her husband. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Praise the Lord. There is a way that seems right to the world, but mm -hmm. God's not in it. And, and, no, everybody and then there's a way right. that is right. Mm -hmm. And God is all up in it. And God will preserve, and God will keep, and God will protect, and God will bless when we walk in his way. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're called to do, even in the area of sex. Mm -hmm. There's a way, according to God, that we're to walk in, and he will bless it. He will bless it, and he'll bless you and me for being obedient to do sex God's way. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.